This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Kelly McDonald over here. And I got everything yesterday. I was falling asleep. No tea today, right? I mean, no, that's the thing. It's the opposite. I did have tea. But I oh, I thought you'd say a lot mm-hmm. of sugar. No, the actual tea. Oh so gosh. this is actually yeah. hype, hype, caffeine hype that I'm experiencing right now. Which tea? So I made myself a chai tea, which, by the way, I'm going through a phase, just chai tea every day, uh, either bought I don't think or homemade. We, uh, I don't think we noticed. No? No. Oh, you don't? No. I thought this was a first. That's not sarcastic. Not sarcastic. And uh, <laughs> anyways, I made some this afternoon, like for lunch, and... I added a lot of loose leaf tea, so I didn't realize, but I can get hyper off of uh, tea. Now we know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always add too much when I make loose leaf. Because it's so good strong. Oh, it's always. Oh, yeah. for heaven's sakes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, of course, we get into tea talk, which leads to food because you got to have something wonderful with your tea. So let's get into our conversation that we do once a week on Thursdays. We get cooking with Mary Mammoliti of Kitchen Confession. If you're like me, the kitchen is your favorite room in the house. I'm Mary Mammoliti, here with a handful of goodies from my kitchen, including food trends, cooking tips, and of course, some delicious recipes. Always wonderful to be able to talk food with you, Mayor. And having you on once a week, we've been able to get into some really cool areas and keeping up on a lot of things that I find get us into some really great discussions. Of course, welcome back. So what's trending this week on social media regarding food? Okay, so on social media right now with over 7.4 million views on TikTok, my girl Giada, Giada De Laurentiis, she shared a sheep pan layerless lasagna and it's making the online community honestly lose their minds because it's so simple but so tasty, right? I mean, are you guys one of those people that they lo- you love those crispy edges? Yes. Yep, yep, yep. If I'm going to eat lasagna right. that, the cheese Give me the and corners. crispy edges. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then this is definitely perfect for you. Um you're going to love it. It takes honestly 30 minutes in the oven, that's it. So all you do is you take like a box of a box, a box of lasagna lasagna pasta and using your hands break them into about two inch pieces then cook that al dente so it takes al dente is about four to five minutes get your sauce ready mix in so you're going to make like a meat sauce so ground beef then mix in in another bowl some ricotta cheese and some Mm -hmm. sauteed spinach set that aside then you're going to take those cooked broken pasta pieces and the meat, mix it together, spread that mixture onto a sheet pan, a 12 by 17 inch sheet pan, and then take those, that ricotta, dollops of it, dollops of that ricotta all over top, and then sprinkle the tops with Parmesan, mozzarella, pop that in the oven, 30 minutes, scoop it into plates, heaven. Okay, I kind of got um... heaven. I, I kind of get it. I like that. Uh, I just wonder, uh, you know, only that little bit of cheese. <laughs> For no, me, I'd never. love more. <laughs> Tons of cheese. Oh, You can put as much as you'd like. And that's the beauty of it because then you just scoop it up. But, I mean, I love this recipe and it's really nice for those really quick you know, weeknight meals, but I am a layered girl. I love a layered lasagna. Yeah. You know, I like layered lasagna too, Mary, but the problem is I never get it cut nicely. So it ends up looking a little bit like what this would probably look like. <laughs> kind of gross. So this is perfect for you. <laughs> this is perfect. What happened? Your layers kind of slide off uh, and get all over the place. You don't even get me started, man. Uh, one, one piece looks well, like three you know what? thin. 
what you're yeah well what you're doing is you have to let it rest once it comes out of the oven rest let it rest in those layers yes those layers will stick together oh. if it's really really hot oh. they'll slide apart okay no i actually get it yes and I never let it rest. So it I, so I was going to say, if you had said this to her yesterday, she would have said, oh, good. I'll put it in a pan and then I'll go lay down as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you can't do that, too. Uh -huh. As long as it's out resting. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. KFC is the next thing on the list. KFC. Right now, KFC is secretly testing two new chicken sandwiches. In the U.S., not here in Canada, but they are close to launching this globally. So, first one, ultimate barbecue KFC chicken sandwich. It's complete with honey barbecue topped extra chicken fillet, fried onions, hickory smoked bacon, melted cheese, pickles, and it's just, it tastes, I mean, it sounds so good. Yep. I was going to say it tastes so good because, again, I'm probably already drooling about this. But <laughs> then they have the spicy slaw chicken sandwich, which is dressed with coleslaw, pickles, spicy mayo. And then both sandwiches, they're served on brioche buns, obviously. Oh. Right. Got to have that brioche bun. And then they have the, you can order them as a combo or on their own. But I have a question for both of you. What are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on KFC? Are do you both prefer maybe Popeyes over KFC? What are you I thinking? I love Popeyes. I love Popeyes. But, you know, I'm willing to try these KFC burgers. That's the thing. Like, if anything sounds good, I, I, I don't have legions. Like, I will go and try KFC. <laughs> these two specifically. And then remember, I think it was two, three weeks ago, Mary, you talked about McDonald's, was it? Trying a new burger? Yes. That sounded good, yeah. too. Like, I'm ready for any of these burgers. And any potential sponsors of just, uh, KFC yeah. just left because she <laughs> said, I have no allegiance. Um, it's interesting, Mary, because I would say... I prefer Popeyes, uh, some of the other places definitely um, for their chicken. I like KFCs, however, the next day, and I wouldn't Whoa. have a sandwich like that. I find KFCs, if you let it sit, oh, air the next fried day, or just even like better. I've I've heard that before. You're not the first. Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah what KFC is it? the next day after sitting and all that fats and that saturated soaking. Oh, okay, whatever, that's gotta be it. it it's gotta be because that's I prefer by far KFC uh, the next day. I don't think I'd go after those sandwiches. I'm not. I love like I like coleslaw, but or slaw in you know different ways and not too vinegary. Mm -hmm. But I find on a sandwich it gets things too wet. And KFC chicken yeah. already doesn't need that. Like, it does need something, obviously, on a sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Popeye's, again, Popeye's in the last couple of years had a moment with their sandwiches. So this, I think, is what's driving KFC to up their game and really start yes, competing with the sure. all the chicken, oh, yeah. fried chicken sandwiches out there. Yeah, and now we have, like, um, what is it called? Mary's, uh... Oh, Oh, Mary God. Brown's. Yeah, thank you. Jeez, yeah. Mary Brown's yeah. chicken and all these different, just quick, yeah. but really good sandwich places. Somebody get me more spicy stuff, though. See, I like I like just the chicken bites. I'm not. I don't love these chicken sandwiches when it comes to these places. Maybe it's the fried chicken business. I just I prefer give me the fried chicken by itself, and yeah, I'll have the coleslaw on the side. So, so that's more Ooh, like a chicken yeah. snit, uh, schnitzel. Yeah, I, I don't want it in bread and all that. And uh, no, I, I mm -hmm. just love Too the stuff. Too many bring that back. Yeah, that's exactly. And the old <laughs> bucket of chicken, there was nothing like it. When I was a kid, dad would bring it home on the table and wee. Of course, so I, well, yeah, I'll just leave some for tomorrow too. Um, Mayor, we've been talking about olive oil a bit here on, on your segment with you. I even hear Starbucks is going to be adding it to, uh, to coffees, doing something. Mm -hmm. But 
We've also been talking about how to choose the perfect olive oil, but today experts are predicting a increase in the price of olive oil. Why is it about to get more expensive? What's going on? Correct. Yep, correct. Olive oil, they could be joining that list of grocery store price hikes. The ones that we've been seeing, you know, were produce, meat, milk, they've all increased in price. Olive oil and olive producing countries like Italy, Greece, Spain, Portugal, they're all projecting lower production. And this is due to the droughts and intense heat that were across Europe in 2022. So because of that, it caused a poor harvest season. So that, then that resulting in less harvest and finally increasing the price because of those uh, the, the harvest um, reduction. So because of that, because of the droughts, we may be seeing this increase. And whenever you hear you may be seeing an increase, you know it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. And for really sad reasons. Like, that really sucks. Right. Yeah. It does. It does. And then, but we can, what makes me happy are cookies. Um, yeah. And right? these sound really right? delicious. Desserts. Mm -hmm. So Insomnia Cookies, which is a cookie chain from the U.S., that delivers, because, of course, at 3 a.m. you need it, they deliver until 3 a.m. in the morning. So you can get these sweet treats to your door up until 3 a.m. Um, so they've officially announced that there will soon be opening locations in the GTA. And they plan to open, I think, this summer, so summer of 2023. So they've got flavor and flavor options like pina colada, uh, limoncello, espresso martini, chocolate-covered strawberry. Plus, they have vegan options. And they also offer ice cream, brownies, cookie, Whoa. ice cream sandwiches, cookie Ooh. cakes, and this one. This one gets me all the time. Icing, so you can dip your cookie. Oh, that's great. They give you a little packet, little side of icing, and you can just dip that cookie right in there. Cookie cakes, too? What yeah, I like yeah. that one. That sounds oh, yeah. good. Oh, boy. Yeah. Have you tried this, Mary? Uh, this one? No, that's why I'm excited for it to come. Okay. I've read about it. I've heard about it, and I can't wait for it to come here. Yeah, I was doing a comparison, um, you know, ignorantly to Craig's cookies, but this sounds really just so different. How about vegetables, since we talked everything about vegetables? Well, like you said, Craig's, Craig's cookies I've tried many times. Yummy. And these are very different from that. Nice. Uh, vegetables. Vegetables of the month. So yeah, there are so many. One of the vegetables that are in season right now for the month of March, asparagus. So they're always in the, in the grocery stores and they're also delicious. However, there are certain types of the season and certain types of the year where they just taste so much better and they're in season right now. Um, so if you find them in the grocery store, pick them up. They're loaded with flavor right now. And Honestly, right now in about March, I feel like I need those greens. I feel like I have to get my hands on more greens and get ready for the spring. <laughs> yeah. And this will help with that. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Mayor, let's hold off on the recipe and let's see what's coming up on the Kitchen Confession podcast, please. Podcast episode 132, Ragu Scratch Pasta with Jason Barato. So Jason Barato is a Michelin-trained chef, restaurateur. He studied all over the world. Uh, so he tells us about growing up... Uh, Bussing tables in his parents' cafe, learning about entrepreneurship from his father, good food from his mother, and then making the choice to close Trattoria Giancarlo's, which was uh, his family's restaurant, and it was a Toronto institution. Um, and then now their new venture, and then lessons that he's learned along the way he shares so much, and especially about food and wine. Wow. Absolutely wonderful. Thanks, Mayor. And that drops today, I believe. 
No, yesterday. No, yesterday. Yesterday. Yesterday it did. Gosh, I'm so uh, regimented to the Wednesday visits with you, even though I just finished (laughs) saying we do this every Thursday as we do. We'll talk to you next week. Folks, check out Mary's discussions and recipes on kitchenconfession.com. And of course, find uh, the Kitchen Confession podcast wherever you get your podcast. Uh, she was going to talk about shaved ex- asparagus salad, if you were wondering what the recipe was. Just wanted to give Ooh. it a tease. I mean, yeah. all right, we're taking well, a especially break. Especially if you guys forget <laughs> to get her to do it next week, you're That's horrible. That's right, absolutely. We're taking a break, coming back to flip through some quirky stories from around the globe. This is called What in the World, and we're doing it with Grant Hardy. We'll be right back. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's Kelly and Ramya on AMI. And uh, if you missed today's release of The Pulse with Joita Gupta, she had an incredible conversation uh, talking a lot of important things on The Pulse of late and always, really. Uh, but you can check out the podcast, which was also released, and on YouTube. They have a video podcast earlier this week. The Neutral Zone released a new episode. Lots of great AMI audio content to check out on your podcast platform, over the station, and on YouTube as video podcasts. Right now, you're tuned into Kelly and Ramia. I'm Ramia Amuthan. Kelly McDonald is also joining us, and we're going to hit What in the World with Grant Hardy. Do you want to know about the craziest stories news has to offer? Look no further than What in the World with myself, Grant Hardy, where I explore the most preposterous, comical, and mind-boggling stories from all across the globe. Definitely a surprise every time you come here with What in the World, Grant. So I'm looking forward to what you have picked out today. Well, thank you, and hello, Kelly and Ramya. Hello. I'd like to start with uh, a really interesting bus tour as a result of a trip to the Bahamas. Sounds nice, right? Sounds, you know, Mm -hmm. refreshing, relaxing. Family goes to the Bahamas and has a great old time, husband and wife and the kids, and then it was time to head home. Now, as they were uh, preparing to disembark from a connecting flight in Calgary, uh, the wife got a little ping from WestJet, uh, and it said due to unscheduled maintenance, their flight had been cancelled, and to get passengers home, ground transportation was to be provided. So sure enough, when the family was instructed to show up At gate one, there were a pile of passengers standing around waiting for a bus. The husband said he was actually really impressed with the overall vibe of a group of passengers heading to Regina, Saskatchewan, who were told that the only way of getting home was to take an eight-hour bus ride. Oh, Oh, man. All hope wasn't lost, though. I mean, there was another flight leaving in three days that they could have taken (laughs) instead. But uh, the guy decided to take the bus, said he uh, took... uh, His kids actually really took it in stride, but the husband was a little more uh, pessimistic, as he put it. uh, 
he would be following up with WestJet to try and get a full refund for his family's trip. Uh, I'm sure you guys can probably guess what uh, the airline put in their email to him. Any any guess about the verbiage? No, thank you. They said uh, that we really apologize for the inconvenience. Right, right. You guys have any? Have a, well, have a nice day. Would have been after that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for your troubles. Yeah. Sorry hope for you your enjoyed troubles, the you bus guys. ride. Hope, hope you have a better trip next time with us. You guys have any uh, airline uh, horror stories? Or it's just interesting, isn't it? Because I feel like. Um, I don't know, not to draw some stereotypes here, but I've actually always had, and especially as a special needs traveler, I've always had fantastic experiences at American airports, interestingly. Mm. Um, Mm. They really, like, whisk you from, like, gate to gate, but more importantly, like, their, their assistants, people that are there to help you, they seem like they're people who are hired because they just really love hanging out with people. You know, they tell you all about like their family, you know, they ask about your family, Canadian airports. I feel like sometimes it's just a little inconvenient for everybody to get you from A to B. Some places hire the right people for the job. They do go on personality and that's nice. Yeah. And then that, uh, Pearson, it's like anybody who will take the job, anybody, you know, we exactly. just, <laughs> we we've got a megaphone out to Canada, but we can only go, have five. So go stand by the road and see if we can find somebody, right? Anybody, yeah. Any, yeah. Um, I, you know what, Grant, I think too, I think that's what it's all about. If it's important, if that's what you hang your hat on, that service, that customer service, that's the way to hire. I, I mean, I don't know where it's gone. It's like that has gone from so many industries that used to really swear by that. I don't oh, mind, yeah. um, I don't have any too many horror stories and I don't mind waiting a couple hours, you know, between flights or things like that. But one time I had a transit at Texas at the airport there and it was, it felt so long because there were no people. Like they left us at a gate and we had to wait there for the next flight. But uh, I was hungry and I wanted food and it was like, I think three hours. But everywhere you went around the airport to use, to to order something from a restaurant, you had to uh, punch in things on a touchscreen. So you oh, already gosh. know the rest of the story. But there were no yeah, people. Yeah, you got like, pretty hungry then. Uh, real hungry, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, internet was trash, so I couldn't use Ira very well. And you had to just, like, roam around trying to find people to help you out because there were actually no human beings. It was just kiosks where you had to punch in wow. things and order. And even where you would pick up your order... It's like somebody would just come, drop the thing, and leave. You wouldn't yep. have, you know, any lingering people or assistants. So that was long. Felt yeah, that's long. pretty sketchy. I guess you just have to hit the buttons and buttons until some sort of food comes out, and then it's luck Hopefully. of the draw. Wouldn't work. Wouldn't work yeah. so well for me though. I'm a picky eater. Oh, oh my gosh! Not to mention you'd order too much stuff, and they'd make you take it and pay for it right. on those overinflated prices. Have you guys ever lost your baggage? Mm, no. no, I don't I think mean, so because I, I I really try to keep with me. I feel like once I, I got panicked like I was going to, and I think it just came off a little later. So I, I think that I think the most I've had is just not when needing special assistance, somebody not showing up. And yeah. uh, one guy showed up and he said, well, no, I'm not taking him. I've got to be somewhere else. Well, but, you know, and, and you're just like, what? He just didn't want to do it. 
Um, and, 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 and then you just don't know the mechanism to complain about it once you moved on or even if someone else helps you. You just want to get out of there. It's always a warm and fuzzy feeling, isn't it? Yeah. Feeling like isn't you're it? an inconvenience you to the people <laughs> yes, around you. <laughs> everyone should experience it at least once or twice That's in their right. life, right? Right. Wow. Right. Uh, speaking of food, folks, Santino's Pizza in Columbus, Ohio, decided to have a little fun while searching for staffers with a sign that read, now hiring non-stupid people, oh according my. to the report. Oh. <laughs> uh, the, um, the manager said that uh, there is no work ethic. So that's the meaning behind the non-stupid sign. People show up here and they just don't want to work. Uh, the owner said that the sign was meant to be a joke. Uh, but uh -huh. while some people are seeing it as humorous, uh, other people are saying it would go too far. I mean, at least it's the kind of job I could just, you know, if I was looking at the application, I know immediately, like, okay, I don't qualify. Uh, so, you know, it's, I don't know. What do you guys think? I'd this? go after him with a lawyer and say, you can't discriminate against us. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Like, oh, what do you think you are? I mean, I can understand <laughs> non-lazy you could possibly get away with, you know, but the other, no, nah, man, someone's got to be waiting in with a lawsuit saying, you know, you you can't do that. I resemble that remark. Right. It's just a bad joke. It's not witty. Like, no, where's the punchline? There's nothing really funny about it. It's kind of like, what? In all fairness, like, it's like saying, if you don't know how to do this job, which we understand you shouldn't be applying if there's a job you don't know how to do. However, that, that's a real substitution when you're talking, really. I just don't want someone showing up here, getting the job, and then every third day taking it off because, oh, yeah. I don't feel well. You but know, they, that's lazy or whatever. Okay. They probably should have brainstormed some ideas, though. I feel like they just yeah. went with the first idea and it, went, it could be better. Uh, yeah. It could have been a better that, that joke. Went, that goes over like a lead balloon. <laughs> yeah. Like it's terrible. It's not, yeah. It's Whoa. Not, maybe. I think Grant maybe. made it funnier, you know? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Comments. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, maybe and I, and I need to work to hire in you. their... I need, yeah, maybe I need to work in there. I can work for their HR department That's or something, right. and I can, you know, I don't know, screen their applicants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or do well, something. Just, There's got to be something. Just right. don't sit near a window because I'm sure eventually someone will be throwing a brick through it saying, hey, oh, don't you say no. that about me. Oh, dear. Right. Yeah, we're That'd all going to be offended by this. Uh huh. Oh, man. Maybe we better stop this one while we're still ahead. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> okay. This, this is uh, a little bit still aggressive, but not too much. Uh, there's lots of ways, I guess, to get into the Guinness Book of World Records. I'm hoping to do it by ha the most appearances on Kelly and Ramya. Nice. I feel like that's uh, in the Guinness Book of there. World Records somewhere. Yeah. Three times a week, there. some weeks, yeah. A little ways uh, to go, but, you little, know. little ways to go. Uh, but serial world record breaker David Rush has shattered the world record for most fist bumps. Uh. Uh, this <laughs> redefines fist of fury. Uh, so let's see here. Yes, it was the most alternating fist bumps in a half minute a clip of this has apparently gone like viral on the internet and the uh goal was to uh 
break the record for the most alternating fist bumps in under 30 seconds, which is apparently a thing. His, he said his partner and my partner and I had to punch each other thousands of times to make this happen. Uh, we bled, we sweated, we bruised, he quipped. We got rid of the unfair pain when my partner made me take off my brass knuckles. Wedding yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> apparently this is so official that some actually had to be dropped. Some of the fist bumps had to be dropped because they were not performed correctly in the official way. I wonder what it sounds like. Okay. That would have yeah. some great audio. Yeah, because I listened to the guy who, or kid, I think, I think he might have been a kid, who broke the world record for the most claps in a minute, and that sounded wild. That'd be like a machine gun. YouTube it. It was seriously <laughs> oh, wild. I do that. I was like, I don't, if you didn't know it was clapping, you would not have guessed it was clapping. Just, just say now it the that fist way. Fist pumps has to have that coordination, that rhythm to do it as quickly. But that, but I mean, good heavens! I hope you'd have a microphone right there under the hands, or or right close by yeah. or above, like you know, uh, you know, sticking one in there. Like a, it, it would just be amazing. To hear it's that. crucial to get good audio with something like this. Yeah, it'd be oh, unfortunate man. if you're like. Oh crap! I didn't record that. Now my hands yeah. are too tired to do it again. Yeah, oh, it's, it, it's it's funny. Like the different records that you can uh -huh. smash. Like this guy also apparently uh, has the record for blowing up the most balloons using his nose. <laughs> Wait, what? same what? same dude? Wow! Like in, in inflating balloons, but I guess instead of using his mouth, he uses his nose. Is this the so. same guy with the fist bumps? Yeah. I think it's the same yeah. guy. No. Yeah. How so do you that's... fasten that to your nose? Those are two different skill sets. Like he yeah, really unfortunately, hard. unfortunately, they're not like super. Like you can't really put it on a resume, you know. Like no, go to your well, lawyer you, and like. Can you for extracurricular? You really <laughs> wouldn't want to be there when they're letting all the air out of those balloons because you don't know what else is went in that's going to come out. Oh, it's so true. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's very true. Especially um, post COVID, like, what are you doing? Okay. And how do you fasten it to your nose? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm wondering um, too. Grant, I, I think that's mind-boggling. Yeah. No, actually, that one is pretty. I'm not going to say it, what? but it is Pretty that what? It's, that's it. It's the <laughs> like, that's, like, how would you do that Guys, even? never give up. One nostril? Is he blowing with one nostril? No, but or does what he happens do the double... after? Like, you blow it up and then you just toss it? Anyways. Yeah. Anyways. No. Somebody's going to have shut, to follow up. Let's get him on the show. Wants to be, and nobody wants to be around when you, when you t undo them. Okay, you got, and then right. certainly no one wants to re-blow them up. You can't, though. You can't spend time tying the balloons if you're trying to work, make, break the world record for most balloons blown. <laughs> no, no, you would You've no. got to pass you it must... all along to the yeah. next person. And the other people are over there wiping their hands. And, yeah. We seriously have hey, no time. You... We have to go. Yeah, <laughs> we've just proved if you want to follow your dreams, you can follow your dreams. That's, that's Guinness Book of that's World Records. a record. really Thanks, nice way guys. to end the segment. The Thank you. always knows. Oh, my God. <laughs> Brutal. All right, we're going into break. Coming back with roundtable conversation. Kelly has picked the topics for that one, and we invite Margaret Weldon on. We'll be right back. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute.
welcome back. It's Kelly and Ramia. Oh, there we go. Welcome back. It's Kelly and Ramia. I had a noob move and I didn't turn on the mic, but uh, 10 balloons blown in one minute. David Rush through his nose. 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 10 That's of it. them, eh? That's it. 10 in a minute. Wow. We just need to know more information, so we, we won't get into it until we know more information. I like to know so much more background. What did you do for the cleanup? What if one burst and everybody got, you know, air and whatever came is out of that balloon? Is he a swimmer? Like, what is his lung capacity like? How did, did he, he pick this? What was the procedure? Did you press down on one nostril? How the heck did you do it? What 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 what, what do they say? What what was your format? What was your? I can't wait to have him on the show. Plan. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. He'll come on and uh, fill us all in. Mm -hmm. uh, Rum, we'll, we'll get into some other topics and we'll see if any of them stick and maybe uh, you'll be talking about them still next week on the show because I know you'll be talking about blowing up balloons with your nostrils. Let's get the roundtable rolling right here on Kelly and Rum, yeah. Isn't it convenient that we have a roundtable? Well, it's actually oval. Just say yeah, it. The blind guy feels it now goes, <laughs> well, I, don't know, I guess it is oval. Kind of oval. So the open conversation is uh, just on a few things that I come across through the week. Throw in here together to talk with Ramya and our guest, which uh, today we welcome in, in the note contributor, Margaret Weldon. Mags, welcome back. I just have to know one thing. How, where does Grant find these articles? <laughs> and, and, I bet you he spends all month trying to find these. Oh, saves and them. collecting. Yeah. Collecting yeah. them everywhere, They're wherever so he comes juicy. across it. So yeah. good. I, I almost oh, believe man. that. My, I, I, you know, I used to think I found strange articles like the uh, the, the the barbecue sauce chicken flavored uh, chapstick, like last year. Oh yeah. Now, if you put mm. that up with that simulated kissing device, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> Maybe that was the inspiration uh, I, behind the barbecue burger at KFC. Could Gross. be. You never know. <laughs> I still don't like the fact he has said. That was uh, such a juicy one, the, the blowing up of the balloons, because all I keep thinking <laughs> oh, no. about is that what else goes into the balloon when blowing through your nose? It's just uh, like, I, no, it doesn't I'll end you, well. I'll tell you what, I have a friend who says that they that, that she likes to beat people with balloons. Oh, yeah. that's fun. Oh, Unless it pops in your head. That's kind of Well, scary. yeah, mm. you know, make sure they're blown up. Um, yeah, guys, right. let's start with what we've got here on the round table. We've got a few things, a couple of the, the first two kind of, Similar in nature, comics distributor uh, Andrews McNeil Universal says it will no longer work with Dilbert creator Scott Adams because of his recent racist comments. The heads of Andrews McNeil say in a statement the company believes in free speech, but it will not support commentary rooted in hate. That's why it's severing its relationship with Dilbert. Among the things Scott Adams, who is white, has said on his YouTube show is that he will no longer help black Americans and repeatedly referred to people who are black as members of a hate group. He also advised that white people get away from black people. The Washington Post, the Los Angeles Times, and the San Antonio Express News are among the newspapers dropping Dilbert. Adams has defended himself on social media against those he says hate him and are canceling him. I'm Archie Zaroleta. So it's always interesting because of the different platforms we have. So I'm, I'm kind of curious in your opinions, ladies. Has free speech become an excuse to say whatever you want, or is it become difficult because of those many platforms that we now have access, Margaret, to speak on and say, in the many cases, what we think we want to say and utilizing it, or as they used to always say, for your 15 minutes of fame? 
That's a very that like that that's a very difficult question because I remember hearing this story. Actually, I think it came out last weekend. And mm-hmm. I, I, and the thing is, you hear so many of these things now, right? That you know, different celebrities or different uh, columnists or, or or comic writers or whatever they call them, um, you know, kind of being cut for the same things. And like I agree in free speech, but you know what, you guys, you have to be careful the way you say things, and 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 maybe be careful what you say. But sometimes I, I have to, you know, but I think this guy just went a little bit too far, you know, as if to say, I, I won't help and I'm not going to repeat it because I'm, you know, but it, if, if you feel that way, fine. But just just be careful, maybe just don't, you know, just say it, I guess, more tactfully, I guess. I, I don't know what to say about that one. So, Ramya, we sit on a fence a lot of time with what we say and say, well, I have a right to my opinion. And and yeah, yeah. But we also recognize, as we've spoken about on this program before, when you are in the public eye, the spotlight, whether you're a politician, actor, singer, performer of any kind, um, or have a, a big job for a big company and, and are a little more in the spotlight, there comes that level of, do we have to spell it out to you in your contract? Do we have, and unfortunately, a lot of time they do now. Yeah, I mean, you have to, right? Because it's a representation of a, a company or a platform or an organization or whatever it is. And, and people still, especially, you know, corporate, but it doesn't have to be, have to answer to somebody or to something. And there's a lot of reputation on the line. A lot of times there's dollars on the line, sponsorships and collaborations of sorts. So you're really not just representing yourself unless you're just on Twitter doing your own thing. But to be honest, that question of, you know, is it free speech or is it just say whatever you want? I think the actuality is that they're one and the same. And that's where we're finding the issues. We can disagree. We can say what I just heard in that clip was absolute rubbish. But um, the, the fact is that you can say whatever you want to say. But really, that rule kind of changes, I guess, if you're um, saying whatever you want to say, but through a platform that also represents something bigger than you. We talk always about creating hate speech, and you can't get a group of people together downtown and sit there and preach to uh, about how a certain group should be dealt away with us. You know, they're, they're evil, whatever. Um, you're not supposed to be able to do that. So one would argue, yeah, but with the means you have to do this on a YouTube or any other platform like that, mm-hmm. you, it constitutes the same kind of behavior. Um, And it it does make it really, really tough because, yes, we come from a world where we're supposed to be able to say what we want, but there's a lot of time we know. Why would I say that? I wouldn't stand up in the office and start running my mouth like that. Why would I say that in a restaurant stand up? People don't have to listen to me there. But because you know people have dialed into you to listen to you, this is where we get into, are we, is it a balancing? Because those who are listening, for the most part, know what you're like, what you're about, and they choose to listen, Margaret. Yeah, that's right. And 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 that's that's exactly, you know, if you if you know what something is about, you're right. It, you know, chances are you are going to hear things that you don't like or you are going to hear things that offend you, right? And I think that happens in every type of situation, right? Yeah. I, I don't I, care what it is. And, and I, I do think have a it question. is up to the businesses to say we're not going to support that. I love these moves when they say, you know, this is lots of money. We do great through you. Wonderful. We're not supporting that. We we cannot be associated with that. Even if it is, and many you know, skeptics will say, yeah, but they're just doing it to distance themselves so that it doesn't come back all over them. And yeah, yeah, sure. 
but that is what they're going to do, whether it is the right thing to do or not. And in these cases, it is. Sorry, Margaret, your question? Yeah. Okay, so you know when I when when people um, do like when when you when your contributors work, you know we always send our stuff in so that you guys can look at it, and if you think something needs to be changed, you let us know. Do these comic strips and that not have the same? Like, don't they have editors as well? Like, how does it ever get past? Well, but this was on his channel. Well, that was this on his was, private channel. Yeah, yeah this was right. on that's his. Right. He's he's announcing this. It's not associated with yeah, it, but that's it's right. it's the way his his life goes now. We do see improvements in areas where they're stepping back and saying, we're not going to do that. For example, the James Bond novels are getting quite an edit, folks. Take a listen. Coming soon, reissued versions of Ian Fleming's classic works will reportedly feature this disclaimer. This book was written at a time when terms and attitudes, which might be considered offensive by modern readers, were commonplace. In addition, gone will be some, but not all, ethnic references. The company that owns the literary rights commissioned a review by sensitivity readers. All of the thrillers are being re-released to mark 70 years since Casino Royale, the first book in the series. Tom Rivers, ABC News, London. I know when I hold my old-time radio conference with people, I put a disclaimer out because I'm not sure from the past, from the content on some of these shows, things that were accepted to be said in the 40s and 50s, people want to hear now. We know things change. We also, it's hard because you will watch TV and hear all sorts of things that you say, how do you get away with saying that now on TV? Um, so there always seems to be a bunch of things you can't say swapped out. Ramya, we've talked about it with banned books, for example. Yep, 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 exactly. And we are going to talk about on AMI Audiobook Review, the upcoming episode is on this pretty much, banned and challenge books and rewriting of books and all these things. But really, I just disagree completely. I think that the same way, not exactly the same way, but in the same air of abridged versus unabridged, right? Where people take the liberty to just change around things, to omit things. And and now with James Bond and with all kinds, actually, uh, of books, people are rewriting and saying, nah, this isn't acceptable for this time, so we're just going to get rid of everything that doesn't make sense anymore. I think that that is so... It's terribly intended, and I will say that with my freedom of speech, right? It's terribly intended because we need the history to know how times have changed. We need the language that used to be to say this is what it isn't anymore. And how are we going to ever do that if everything is being deleted, erased, canceled, and just taken off the face of the earth because we don't want to face our history? Margaret, I, I'm curious. I agree with Romeo. I, I, ag mm -hmm. I agree with Romeo. And as a matter of fact, it's funny that you should bring this up because every year, um, the Toronto Library has a, a campaign for about a month where they call the uh, free, Freedom to Read. Yep. And what they do, they they even, you know, they, and they still carry the banned books and they say, listen, you know, we'll, we'll put the disclaimers in so that people understand that it might not be what they want. But you know what? You, you have the right to choose. And books, you know, and stories and that are, and it's, it's part of our history. And it's, we have to understand why those changes were made exactly. and how yep, yep. those, those things affected people. Or right? a person's and, opinion is wrong. We have to cover, if someone, you, you have to be able to see, well, why was this book written? Well, Hitler wrote it because, oh my goodness. But we do need to remember, as Billy once said during a buzz, you know, we take all this history away, these things we did wrong, we then forget and repeat. Pretty much. Right. 
pretty much. And That's obviously right there's enough people who believe that this is the way to go and will release these, you know, James Bond or other books similarly rewritten. But even that teaches us lessons, right? Like how many of us are uncomfortable and don't want to have these conversations and therefore are willing to rewrite books? It's literally what we've been accusing people of, rewriting history and deleting history. It's the same stuff. Well, and, and who, I understand and then, and then certain word changes. I understand, and, and sorry, Max, you can have the floor. It's just say, I, I'm, all I'm yeah. saying is I understand certain word changes that you may say, let's let's just take that out because that that doesn't need to be in the book. It doesn't move the book forward. But when you talk about changing facts, historical, but I, I think it's really hard to decide and how much is too much. Whereas I know personally, if it were up to me, well, yeah, I, I know in my mind, what is wrong? What isn't? That's a nasty word. Okay, but the book content is the book content for a reason, and you know what you're getting into. Go ahead, Max. I was just going to say, and who's to say 100 years from now, other people aren't going to come along and change what we rewrote? They will. Do you know what I mean? In, yeah. in 50 years, they will. You know? Yeah. Uh, U.S. President Joe Biden is delivering a hopeful message for million of Amer millions of Americans suffering under sky-high prices in insulin. The message comes after drug maker Eli Lilly announced that they would cut its prices for the medication. President Biden taking a victory lap after the largest manufacturer of insulin in the U.S. announced that diabetics who use its insulin should now expect to pay no more than $35 a month for the life-saving medication. We finally beat Big Pharma. President Biden praising the move by drug maker Eli Lilly, highlighting the fact that last year he signed into law the Inflation Reduction Act, which caps insulin prices for seniors on Medicare at $35 and has spent months calling on pharmaceutical companies to also lower prices for everyone else. This is going to bring critical relief. And I mean, people are paying over $1,000 for insulin. And, and, and that is really puts some people in a horrible position on a regular basis. Uh, Margaret, uh, we've talked about, you've been very open about your own, your health and med medications. What, what do you think about this kind of move over there? I think it is high time. Actually, I'm going to say yes. past time for, for it. I, I mean, I know my own self, if I didn't have the coverage I have over here, I couldn't afford my stuff that I have to get, right? So I can only imagine what it must be like over there. So good on good on Eli Lilly and good on uh, uh, President Biden for beating the beat the big pharma, as he puts it. He was he was kind of scary saying that we beat big, but right. yeah, it's kind of scary. Yeah. Uh, Rum, do you see this happening here or or continuing with other companies following suit with their products? I mean, it should be, right? There's so yeah. much, uh, there's so many deeper questions and contexts around why, why do Medicaid, even though we have a lot of coverage here in Canada, uh, blessedly yeah. so, there's still so much of this money being taken by pharmaceutical companies. And I, I don't want to dig into this whole, uh, you know, very deeply at the moment, but I will say there is a lot around this that we need to explore and why so much money keeps going into this, where I feel like, you know, this is an example of how that can be changed and flipped and reversed. I have to wonder if it's because government supports so much the price has mm. been allowed to get uh, ridiculous and stuff. And I agree with you. We could get into this, should sometime probably get into it, because you hate when you see people not taking, because well, especially in a financial crisis, in and debt. what seems to give is people won't take medications so they don't, right. so they can pay for groceries or other right. things. Uh, ladies, I want to drop this one on you really quickly. A fisherman from Dominica says that he survived weeks on ketchup uh, when he was stranded, um, well, lost at sea last year. 
Last December, Elvis Francois spent 24 days lost at sea. He survived by eating ketchup and seasoning before he was rescued and taken back to Dominica. Heinz Ketchup now wants to buy him a new boat. They sent a social media SOS to track him down, and it worked. Elvis says he has met with Heinz. They're going to um, organize, I believe, might be finance to help to buy the boat. Heinz tells ABC News they are now working out logistics. Anselm Gibbs, ABC News, Port of Spain, Trinidad. Probably Heinz wants to know what seasonings did you use? Did you create a new ketchup taste? Okay. Uh, Ramya, if you were stranded like this and could wish upon any item to eat, what do you think, stranded out there, one item that you could continuously eat in this position if you could just snap your fingers and be okay while you waited for help? This is purely on desire and not how much it'll keep me alive, but, you know, Chicago-style popcorn, a little sweet, a little salty. Oh. Hmm? Yeah. Okay. Never mind the nutrition, uh, Margaret. We're not <laughs> no. worried about that. Uh, Yo, this Mags, guy's how about you? No ketchup. Come on. <laughs> cheese. Ch ch cheddar, cheddar, che cheddar cheese, I think. Yum. Yeah, really? cheddar cheese, because yeah, because it's got the protein in it and satiating. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. And, and it could fill you. And it could fill you up pretty quickly, right? And of course, in our magical world, none of this food would go bad. The weather, no. so bo That's bobbing right. around out there yeah. in the ocean, it doesn't matter. You have unless unlimited supply. So, Margaret, right. thanks a lot for being with us for the roundtable. Always love having you. Thanks a lot. Have a good night, guys. Bye. Thank you. Margaret Weldon, you can catch her on uh, In the Know here on our program. She's our In the Know contributor and one of our backup co-hosts. We'll return in a few moments, see what's coming up on Now with Dave Brown. Take a look at our show and more after this. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Wrapping up Kelly and Ramya on a Thursday afternoon, and I want to clarify. Kelly McDonald, did you say you have not read Born a Crime yet? No, no, I haven't yet. Oh, uh, Trevor Noah's memoir? So good. Not yet. Yeah. Lots did you, of, we were, were you comparing to March Crit, Mark Critch, were right? You, right. We were talking about our book that we read on here, um, Son of a Critch. Yep. Uh, did you know much about Trevor Noah beforehand? No. And that's what I was going to say next. I actually didn't watch any of the, the shows he's hosted or any of his uh, stand-up comedy. And then I read this book and I started diving into all that. But the yeah. book is still my favorite, like more than his stand-up, more than his hosting you, style. His writing was incredible. Do you like reading those books or only of recent, um, you, know, uh, you know, biographies and stuff? Uh, that's more recent, I should say. Like the last yeah. two years, yeah. Yeah, I've read enough in my life, you know, but usually it's because somebody says through a book club friend recommend yeah. and, and even then, or it's I've just stumbled across it. There are so many great ones, don't get me wrong. It's just not been a default for me. Mm -hmm. Um, which has helped when we when we do something like we just did, you know, with the uh, Janet McCarty. You know, yes. That was that was nice. That was a really good one. But I was gonna say because Son of a Critch had so many good laugh out loud moments. Oh, his and his delivery, and his was delivery. Oh. oh, and same with Born a Crime, but for different reasons. The storytelling, on point. Trevor Noah can deliver a punchline in in writing. Does he read it himself? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very very Again, funny book. Very interesting when that happens because we've said before, not all writers should be reading their books. Oh uh, yeah, guys. yeah. These guys killed it. Uh, Kel's point to a segment from today's show. People can check it out on the podcast by searching for Kelly and Remya.
So everybody knows I'm a sports person, but I'm not really a tremendous NHL person. Nick Alberga joins us, joined us today on the show, really broke things down, talk hockey. And I will say, because I have been intrigued this week, it's been a wonderful thing to go through, listening to people talk about the NHL trade deadline. And he filled us in on everything, even though it's tomorrow. Check it out. He gives lots of great perspective. Also, Cooking with Mary Mammolini. She didn't formally share a recipe with us today, but she did talk about asparagus. She also mentioned the uh, sheet pan non-layered lasagna that's been trending all mm. over TikTok. So check it out because uh, a couple of great tips there for you. You can also go to kitchenconfession.com for Mary's discussions and recipes. Now let's look ahead to the Friday morning edition of Now with Dave Brown. Paul Daniel is one of the producers, and he's going to give us a preview of what you can expect at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Hey, Paul. Hey, Rania. On tomorrow's show, we'll have the Friday news panel getting together as Dave Brown, along with Julita Gupta and Megan Gilmore, who's filling in for Michelle McQuig, discuss some of the big issues of the week, including the federal government's decision to ban TikTok from all web devices. Uh, the panel will offer their views on TikTok being singled out from other social media social media social media apps, I'll get that right, and whether it wouldn't take, make more sense to be more restrictive on all apps that end up on a government device. Entertainment critic Michael McNeely will review the movie Cocaine Bear, and Greg David from our marketing department will discuss uh, with Dave if streaming services, with all the changes they made over the past year, are still worth it for subscribers. No. I mean, unless you're doing what I do, where you pause subscription and then bring it back next month because, you know, <laughs> season three of C came sure. out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, sure, okay. Well, thank you for, for your input there. No, I'll, of course, I'll, yeah. I'll put, that, I'll, I'll put that in the hopper and we'll... Anytime. Yeah, we'll well. I'll leave a always voicemail good. with more commentary. It's always good to teach I appreciate, I appreciate your convenience of words. I appreciate your convenience <laughs> yeah. of words. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, thanks, Paul. <laughs> Take care. Paul Daniel, one of the producers on Now with Dave Brown. Check that out. Friday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Dave Brown and the uh, list of contributors and guests will have fun conversations for you. Kelly, at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, you and Brock Richardson are taking over the show. And you're going to talk to Gardner Susan Kearney. She's doing part two of Plant Families and Their Surprising Relatives. Dude, we learned so much with this last week. And you have so much more to learn this week on that convo. It's been a lot of fun with Susan on the show. Also, we talked about Twitter, especially when Elon Musk took it over. There's an alternative to Twitter on the horizon. I wonder if it's scary, what it's about, and how accessible it is. John Beeler will be here with details for us tomorrow, Rum. So we're looking forward to that conversation. I'm actually wondering if TikTok is going to come up at all, because it's come up almost every day this week, if not every day this week. Thanks, girls. Have a good show tomorrow. Thanks. Kelly McDonald joining me. I'm Ramia Amuthan. Thanks for spending your Thursday afternoon with us. Join us back 2 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. Have a good night. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.